hello, oh. hi, how are you? That was like the Cherizi hello. <laughs> hello! <laughs> Coming to you! Back over at the northwest side. Enemy territory. Yeah. For the especially upcoming with, weekend. Yeah, exactly. It's the Sons of Honor Podcast. Your boy Steve O at Drunk Shy Sox Fan on Twitter. And Hot Take Tommy. And <laughs> on this episode of the Sons of Honor Podcast, we got a couple bones to pick. Don't you worry about that. But we're yeah. going to give you some series rundowns. Uh, and we're going to get a little Minoso minute in there, which is going to be touching. Uh, so stay tuned. Also, if you could do this one favor for us. Rate, subscribe, review to the Sons of Honarchy podcast. We appreciate every single rating that we get. Y'all are the best. Thanks for tuning in weekly to us. Tom, how you doing? I am COVID negative. That is good to know. (laughs) (laughs) I I had to get my Schwab Schwab on um, the other day. So that sounds sexual. Yeah. Well, it wasn't. It's not very. It's not very PG. <laughs> the getting getting your nasal. We're, swab we're a PG is not... podcast, Tom. Come on now. Okay. Sorry. Well, getting your Schwab on in in my um in my <laughs> estimation is more of a letting someone stuff a. It's letting cotton. your nose get violated. Yeah. <laughs> it's like way up there. Um. No, it, it wasn't so bad, but I'm I'm COVID negative, so that's good. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> There's more to that story. Um, and we're keeping it don't short. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Tommy's fine. <laughs> yeah. So how about you, man? How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm out of my grad school semester, which is great. The Eight. summer semester, summer term is over. The fall semester is going to be in a couple weeks. Nice to have a couple weeks off. Got to catch a baseball game on Tuesday with some uh, buddies from high school. Um, it was a good time. It was a good time. You caught a game too, Tom. I did. Yeah, I caught the uh, Wednesday thriller. Atrocity <laughs> that was Wednesday. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about this Kansas City series since we are recording actually live during the during the game the game here on Thursday because life happens. Yeah, and um, we we are thoroughly enjoying that. Um, <laughs> Dallas Keiko is struggling after getting these first two outs. <laughs> We're watching this game. It's the top of the second. The Royals are up 2-1, and Dallas Keiko looks like boo-boo. Yeah. But we, let's talk about the two games before that. Yeah, I promise we're not going to try to do play-by-play, guys, because it would not be fun to listen to us try to do play-by-play for the first time. No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, this series, though, was – I mean, it, last night is what I'll speak to because I was there, right? And right. Lucas Giolito – um, didn't have his best stuff. Yep, I and he I said, said it too in his press conference. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Hey, I'm the reason we lost tonight. It sucks, but that's more motivation for me to go out there and get it next time." It's basically yeah. what he said. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's the attitude you have to take. So I'm not going to knock him at all for. Um, but the the real problem for me was I had uh, two folks who had never been to the ballpark before, mm-hmm. and of course I'm I'm juicing them up. I'm I'm like, yeah. So Lucas Giolito, last time I saw him pitch against the Royals, you know what he did? He set a record of the consecutive strikeouts. <laughs> Uh, in the game, it was freaking amazing. And then, uh, yeah, just juicing him up, juicing him up, and then and then Geo shot the bed. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Um, has to happen that way. Are you worried at all about him? By the way, no, I like, I, I feel like I should be, but I'm not. Is that fair? Like, it, it's getting to that point in the season where, like, all right, your rebounds got to start. You know, mm-hmm. now ish. 
you know, you got a little bit of leeway time to get hot still. But, um, yeah, I mean, you just got to yeah, – he, he had a couple good – he had a couple a good stretch. So I, I don't think that it's – Yeah, one bad outing isn't the end-all be-all. I think that's yeah. what people have to realize. One game, one outing, not the end-all be-all for a guy. Obviously, Gio is not what he was in 2020 – or what he was the first half of 2019. Yeah. People kind of forget that he had a stretch, too, in 2019, right out of the All-Star break, where yep. he did not look good. Um, I was at one of those games. I was at the game where the Cubs just absolutely shelled him. Wilson Contreras had two homers off of him. One of them was Grand Slam. Hmm. Um, huh. You know, Gio's going to have those outings. I think you cannot expect Gio to be... I, I know he, I always say that he's my ace, um, but... Yeah. He's going to have he's going to have his bad outings as some most guys do, right? Yeah. I mean, he's not a Max Scherzer type. I think that's no. what a lot of people expect out of him. No. They expect him to be Max Scherzer. They expect him to be Justin Verlander a few years ago. They expect him to be Garrett Cole with sticky stuff. Exactly. Absolutely elite and stupid Jacob DeGrom type. Oh yeah, he's That's not. He's not that a plus pitcher. Like Corey not yet. Kluber. Before <laughs> getting old, yes. <laughs> so that's something to remember with Lucas Giolito. He's still young. He's still figuring some stuff out. Yeah, let he, him figure it out. He also relies on the strikeout a lot, heavily, and not giving up the long ball, which was exactly his detriment last night. Yeah. So burp, that's okay. Um, it's. I mean. One one game against like this is this is the thing right you got to keep it in perspective like it's baseball you play again the next day right and if you take two out of three in every series you're still one of the best teams in the league for you, sure you are by far the the best team in the league usually if you got a sixty six win percentage excuse me well rem- remember what I've said before on this podcast if you win two out of three games throughout the entire year do you know how many wins you have on the year. 66%. It's like 108 wins. Yeah. So, Hashtag 108. But <laughs> you are literally a guaranteed playoff team. Yeah. So, so no worries, right? Not a problem. Um, I mean, you also lost three or four to this team like a little bit ago, but... um. Yeah, well... <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that we were like talking all of this like optimism and I'm like, oh yeah, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I don't think... I don't think the Royals are some sort of kryptonite I think this team definitely plays better at home than they do on the road, which is why getting two out of three here is super important. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, let's rewind to Tuesday as well because that's the game that I was at. Right. And this is what I have to get to as well. You can't judge a pitcher off of one start because, I mean, who's better, Lucas Giolito or Dylan Cease? I think... Dylan, Dylan. <laughs> I think <laughs> 10 out of 10 sane people. Say that Lucas Giolito is a better overall pitcher than Dylan Cease. Yeah. But Dylan Cease is what, Tom? A bum slayer. And the Kansas City Royals are what? Bums, baby. Exactly. <laughs> so Dylan Cease goes out there, absolutely shoves, strikes out the side in the sixth, too, against mm-hmm. Kansas City mm-hmm. um, when it really mattered. Um, Steve, awesome Steve stuff. Steve Stone was loving it. Oh, I mean, I was, I was loving it, too, <laughs> with all the brews that were pumping in my system, too, because yes. I had some train beers. Went to Cork before the game. Went to Turtles before the game. Good God. Had, did bleachers and brews, um, which is just basically two small cups of water. 
uh, <laughs> because it's Michelob Ultra uh, out in the outfield or Bud Light, which is piss water. Um, but that being said, um, great time at the game on Tuesday. Went out afterward to Jason Hosking on my video saying it was a bad day to be a buck in a Miller Light. Um, <laughs> hung out with Jason a lot that night. It was a good time. Um, all that being said, Dylan C shoves doesn't mean he's amazing, right? Just means that he had a really good outing. Yep. So and he's amazing. Sure, Tom. <laughs> Is he still your fourth starter in the playoffs, Tom? Uh, I mean, like literally, it it's going to come down to what are what are the last two starts that everybody had. Um, I mean, obviously, Lynn's won. And fucking shit, actually, because I was about to say Giolito, but... No, it's most likely Rodon. Rodon. And plus, I like, as you know, traditionalist in this sense. Righty, lefty, righty. You know what? Fuck you. No, Rodon throws first (laughs) because you just said that. God. Rodon first. um, And then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he sat on Sunday. We recorded last Saturday. Mm Mm-hmm. The Sunday game happened against Cleveland. Let's talk about the Cleveland series first, okay? Fuck Cleveland. Win on Friday. Big win on Friday. Yeah. Big loss on Saturday. And But only lost by a run. It's just so bad that they gave up 12 runs yeah. that day. Redonkulous. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, I was, know part so of that was defense. Part of that was pitching. Dallas Keuchel. Kopech didn't look great. Kopech gave up five, bro. He did. And he gave up, uh, I think it was... I think technically, he, well, he surrendered Dallas's a couple of Dallas's runners too. So right, um, he really did not look good out there. No, um, he's broken. Oh yeah, Michael <laughs> Kopech's broken. <laughs> you know, somebody said on my Twitter feed the other day that Kopech's confidence is being broken because he's not starting. I don't buy that. No, at all. Not for a second. Um, However, I do think Russa is going to set him straight in the clubhouse because he's got an office. Oh, yeah. He's got an office. (laughs) Uh, I got to say this about Kopech, though. I really do think that he should be your fourth playoff starter. You keep saying that. And I'm going to come back to that. I think you're wrong, Steve. But why not? Especially after you added. You don't. You don't have enough time to lengthen him out. If you're going to. Yes, you do. No. If you're going to do something like three innings, then you might as well let him be the long reliever after uh, Dylan sees. We talked about this too. It's like you have, you only need three innings out of Dylan sees or Dallas Keuchel. Oh, it better not be Keuchel. Bruh. That, after what we saw against okay, Cleveland, look, these, and I know the, these, these two runs, two runs that runs, are happening right now against Kansas City are more on Adam Engel. This guy's fault right here. He's, uh, no he's one can see right what now. you're pointing at. He's at the plate. Adam Angle's at the plate playing. So uh, his baseball. stuff is is not good. He dances around hitters. You want a pitcher that's going to go attack guys. At least Dylan Cease goes out there and he tries to attack guys. I want a Gold Glover, man. Now I I want two Gold Glovers in my infield. Of course you do. I want Dallas Keuchel anyway, and Cesar Hernandez. Briefly talked about Friday against Cleveland. <laughs> briefly talked about Saturday. But Tom, what was the crown jewel of that series? Yeah. Brian Goodwin making me eat my own fucking words. Absolutely, it was. <laughs> that bat flip was the oh my god best thing. Yeah, you need that. Like, yeah, you need more. I of need that. a Brian Goodwin bat flip T-shirt. Oh my god, yeah. 
That he, bat yeah. flip was insane. I yes, it was it was perfect too. It was li- it was like, like a twenty five foot high bat flip. It yeah, it was literally gorgeous. It was exactly what that moment required. Most definitely. Oh my god! Right off Whitgren. Oh yes, yeah. absolutely beautiful. Oh my god. Um, man, I hate Cleveland. Absolutely pimp that home run in the ninth. Yeah. What that team needed, especially. You know, you go out there, you get a ton of runs on Saturday, and you still lose. Yep. Sebi Zavala hits three freaking home runs. And you still lose. And you still lose. By the way, somebody told me a stat. I don't know how true this stat is. Sebi Zavala had a .5 war for the day because of the amount of home runs that he hit. Wow. And they still lost. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah, you got half a win out of a, out of the backup, backup, backup catcher. Sorry, how many backups are there? Backup, backup, backup catcher. Well, if you He's count your mean at the start of the Absolutely season. Absolutely not. <laughs> He's never catching. I don't know, man. He'll he'll catch in uh, Seattle or something. Um, when we trade for who's the guy that they that's absolutely untouchable, Kyle. Um, Kyle Seeger might be touchable. He's probably more touchable than Mitch Haniger is. No. Or Kyle. I'm, oh, you're talking about Kyle, Kyle Lewis. Lewis. Kyle Lewis. There it the is. Center fielder. Yeah, I want him. <laughs> Dream big. Yes. He's like a Jeez, poor man's God. Luis anyway. So yeah, come on now. Who's the? What are all the like the trades that the fans were putting out? Like oh, the, the White Sox were going to go get Trey Turner. Yeah. Yeah. Dream big. <laughs> Fly a kite. <laughs> My God. And we're only going to give up. Connor Pilkington, or like, yeah, we're gonna give up your mean Mercedes and get six of the. I love how people think trades work. <laughs> yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't take this. Was like, why would you offer it? It's because you don't want that person, right? Well, no, but like, yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Cleve getting two out of three from Cleveland. If Cleveland would have taken two out of three from that ball club after losing five of seven out of the road, I would have been sweating a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, especially after we made the moves. That's the that's the thing to keep in mind. That these losses, every loss now is a loss after we made we we can't add. We can't add anything now. Right. Right. Well, the what you are adding is You yes, can add stuff yes, off the IL. Yes, yeah. yes, Mani and Luis coming off the IL, Making which a trade I know this IL. is corny and I know this is Rick Hahn-esque and I know this is front office. Yeah. You know, lawyer speak, you know, damage control those two guys being added to this lineup let's ride it's true it's like honestly it's they're missing them badly they are they they really are and i'm like i don't mean to be a dick but especially asmani like especially asmani i mean after what we've seen so far in this royals game too with adam engel botching that play in center field with the yeah kind of good shit at bat that he just had i'm looking forward to luis just as much that's yeah, no you 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 hit the nail on the head there. Um and I, man, I cannot avoid this. I keep doing it. I keep coming back to Brian Goodwin slander. That's absurd. I was just gonna say that he's not that great in the field, well, which is true. That but- adds perfectly into what I want to wrap up this little tiny bit segment on Tom. Luis comes up. Yasmani comes up. I mean, obviously, it's most likely Sebi Zavala. I don't think that's really an argument Yeah. Um, of who is going to get sent down right, unless right. Sebi ultimately catches fire every time he's playing. When it comes to the outfield, who's your guy out? 
Well, Hamilton's on the IL. And I know too. you've said Goodwin. Hamilton's on the IL too. You're I I you said it earlier, and I'm gonna steal it because it's true. I think it's Gavin Sheets. It's gotta time, be right. Time to send him back to the farm. He plays a poor right field. He can only hit against righties. And on top of that, like literally, he can only hit against righties so much that literally, any time he faces left or work facing a left-handed pitcher, you're gonna take him out. That's what it's been. Yeah. So, on top of that, Gavin Sheets needs his looks in AAA. Yeah, he, he it's looked, proven. Yeah, he looks like really he needs good some in the looks. Uniform. That's what you're saying. <laughs> he needs to get his look right. And I'm not. I'm not saying that he hasn't overperformed beyond my expectations because he has. He totally has. Especially in the situations and the opportunities he's been given. But giving him that seasoning in AAA, I think, is going to be really beneficial than him just sitting on the bench in Chicago. Yeah, and once it's Luis also comes back. Like saying somebody is playing above their like what we anticipated doesn't automatically qualify them for a spot on a World right. Series roster. Because, hell, Brian Goodwin has. Billy Hamilton has. Yeah. Like, a lot of guys have played better than their quote-unquote potential. Exactly. But they're still not the best option when you have Luis Robert. Robert. Luis Robert. Indeed. So. Well, let's take a minute. We're going to have some bones to pick. We're going to have a Minoso minute. We're going to talk about the 2022 schedule as well. Yeah. We'll see you in a minute. Adam Engel, still a bench player. <laughs> we Sorry, just we're watched the uh, bases loaded strikeout from Adam Engel. Yeah, in the fourth inning. Gotta love it. Um, well, let's talk um, other things that are not going on in live action, Tom. Well, probably like five to ten seconds behind, actually. I have YouTube TV, so. Right. Well. <laughs> Yo, Yoan Mankata just got hit, and I know you've got a bone to pick, Tom, I do have about a bone people pick. getting hit. I have a bone to pick. I got a bone to pick. Here's my problem. And Steve, and when Benetti was there, it was Benetti that said this, put it, uh, made a good point about it. Apparently, the book around the league says that in order to get Jose Abreu out... You got to pitch him inside. Which is where his colder zones are, but... So fair. But when you have Karinczak out here, and you're telling him to pitch inside when he hasn't had the same control that he had at the beginning of the season, who knows why... Oh, we know why. He's very clearly using sticky stuff. Was. Well, he doesn't have the same control is all I can Correct. see. And this is a guy that's also pumping high 90s on his fastball. Yeah. And you're telling him, oh, hey, the the, the book on Jose Abreu is pitch inside. Mm-hmm. I know you've been wild all inning, but we're supposed to pitch him inside. And so he pitches him inside and hits him with a 97 mile an hour fastball in the dome. What in the hell 
Are you thinking? One to hell in honor of Hawk. Yes, throwing out the honor. first pitch. Exactly. Right. That was at your game. That was at the game you went to yesterday, right? Yeah, we missed it. We were we we were so mad about the T-shirts we bought beers and and nachos to make ourselves feel better. So then we missed the uh, the first pitch. Nice. So, but that I mean, it did make me feel better after I missed the uh, <laughs> the giveaway of the T-shirts. But that's not what this is about, Steve. This is my bone to pick. And I am sick and tired of being sick and tired of people hitting Jose Abreu. It's too damn much. The rent is too damn high. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm done. Like, dude, I, 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 I there's got to be a point where you sit back and you realize it's not worth it. But apparently it is to other teams because they don't give a fuck. You've got to like, be competitive, right? And they that's just wanna, the tough part. I and, don't know, man. It's, and this he is, gets hit too much. We can all see it. He gets hit all the time. Yeah. It's I mean, too much. That's my bone to pick. Yeah. And that's a fair bone to pick. I, I hate the Royals. <laughs> I hate the Royals, even though that happened against Cleveland. <laughs> I know where Jose Abreu got hit. <laughs> but I was like, it's still my bone to pick. I got, I got to throw in one more thing. Um, so there you go. There, there it is. There you go. All right. Well, I got a bone to pick too, Tom. I got a bone to pick, and that bone to pick is with someone who I said I was going to be picking bones with <laughs> moving forward, and that is six seventy. The scores, Shane Reardon. <laughs> oh, Shane, you, my friend have upset a crowd of people. Not just me. Shame on Shane. You were there. I don't know if you were at the game on Tuesday. Oh, yes. I think you were at the game on Tuesday. I know you there were. You were talking directly to him. I know that other people were at the game on Tuesday. And you, sir, were ragging on people for going out to Cork afterward after the game and not having jobs. First and foremost, fuck you. <laughs> and the person uh, people are allowed to make the personal decisions that they want to make. And then on top of that, some people, such as myself, such as a good friend of this podcast, Brew Hand Luke, who heard this comment on the radio and told me about it. Ooh, it was on it was on the radio. On the air. Oh, it's not like he said this off the air. It's wow. not like he said this. He said that, oh yeah, oh, a bunch of people don't have jobs or something, or apparently. Going out afterward. Nah. Nah. Nah, man. People may be on breaks. People may be enjoying themselves outside of work. People may be have different schedules than you do. Yeah. Get off their case. Period. End of discussion. Shane, that's my beef. I know you are the beef master, Shane. Mr. Grill master, beef master. That's my beef, sir. All right. Enough with that. I I love that you sounded off on Shane there. That's I mean, that's a good thing to sound off on him for, too. And I, um, yeah, no, I love that. People can make the decisions that they want to make. And who gives a shit if they do have jobs that they're late for in the morning? It's not your prerogative. Not your they're damn business. They're enjoying their fucking night. And it's one thing if you make the comment off the air to a bunch of people that you're exactly. sitting with and enjoying the game with. It's another thing when you are on the air at 670 in a professional setting. Yeah. And you're ragging on people. Mentioning, too, that you were sitting in section 108. And then saying. And then saying that, too. Yeah. Yeah. 
because people can very easily look at, yeah, no, not okay. Not cool with me, man. Quit big timing people too. Same, say hi to me next time we see each other, okay? <laughs> well, now he's not gonna say hi. To me. <laughs> okay. Well, anyhow, I think you have you your juices are flowing, Steve. Oh can yes. You, can you hit us with a Minoso minute, sir? Yes. Yes. Um. Good, good sir. Good sir. Wow. Um. After that bone to pick, which is funnier, because my my bone to pick. And my Minoso Minute are on two different tones, I feel like, today. They're totally um, on different tones. In in many different ways. Uh, but for those of you who may be first-time listeners or long-time listeners, you may or may not know what the Minoso Minute is. Obviously, though, if you're listening to this podcast, you should know who Mini Minoso is. Um, he was the player who broke the color barrier for Latino players in Major League Baseball. Um, obviously, a role model, number nine, retired for good reason. And we call this segment the Minoso Minute because we talk about issues that are outside of the lines of baseball, things that are bigger than the game itself during this segment. I have the pleasure of doing a Minoso Minute today um, and talking about the Jerry Manuel Foundation, um, which I didn't even know existed until about three or four days ago. Um, ESPN uh, ran a segment um, on Jerry Manuel and the foundation that he created to create more opportunities for black baseball players to kind of, you know, have opportunities to play the game of baseball. Um, baseball is a sport that is becoming throughout the years more and more for the elite, for people who have money, for people who have the means to play travel baseball and the time and the resources and the money. And Jerry Manuel, the former manager, the Jerry Manuel, the former manager of the Chicago White Sox during the early 2000s, um, created a foundation um, for families, for individuals, youth that do not have the means financially to play travel baseball. Um, and beyond that, too, the foundation has, I think it's 75% or over African-American black um, students in their organization. Um, they've also partnered with like a school organization, and they're not just a baseball organization. They're a school organization trying to provide opportunities for students beyond baseball. Um, they've cranked out a, a ton of Division One athletes over the last five years. They have two players in pro baseball right now that are currently in the minor leagues. Um, they're doing an excellent job. Um, and one statistic that I do want to pe make people aware of in regard to black representation in baseball. In 1975, which was Jerry Manuel's first year when he played Major League Baseball, because he was a player before he was a manager, 18.5% of Major League Baseball was black or African-American players. Right now, in Major League Baseball, it is 7%. So the work that the Jerry Manuel Foundation is doing... Major League Baseball, other people who have financial means that are way more well-off than I am, and hopefully my voice can get out to these sorts of people, I hope that this is something that people invest in. So I know this Minoso Minute was more of a Minoso few minutes, but I had to say everything that I needed to say. Dude, I... Um, I I'm so glad that you brought that to the table, obviously like the, the, and I, it made me think of the ACE program, but I think 
that, that that the White Sox do. Yeah. So which I, is I, great, by the way, too. Yeah, and, and great in their own right. They have you know D one signees and stuff like that. Um, I I just think like this is a super accessible way for folks like us who really care about our city, care about our club, care about baseball and the future of baseball. These are organizations that will bring people who have the talent, the resources to actually participate in in a sport that's being literally like you said it's priced out. That's it shouldn't mm-hmm. it shouldn't be a problem, but it is. Right. And there are people out here in these streets trying to fix that problem. And, you know, I, I, again, like it's, it's super accessible for folks like us. Cause we literally care about this game so much. And there are some folks who deserve the chance to play. Absolutely. So I love it. I love it. I'm so happy you brought that. Oh, hundred percent. So really important for us to, you know, NHL has taken that initiative. I, I'm that hashtag hockey is for everyone. Yeah. Um, baseball, needs to start taking that same initiative because there's no reason why over four decades the numbers should dwindle like that in regard to representation mm-hmm. in baseball. Yeah. So. Hey. Well, we got Sebi Zavala at the plate uh, t- trying to lay down a bunt. Yeah, a little live action <laughs> right now. It's the bottom of the fifth as we're recording right now. The Sox are still down 2-1. Sebi Zavala, runner at first, zero out. You know, here's the thing with Sebi. He's got gloves going to Cooperstown. He's got his uh, home run balls going to Cooperstown. I know. <sighs> That's a big deal. Having another lefty bat in the lineup with Zach Collins I think is important. Um, I'll tell you what, though. Defensively, Sebi has been way better than Zach has been this year. Sebi looks good back there. Like, that's like – that's just true. I really, Dan Victor said this. I don't know if it's on our podcast or if it was a personal conversation I had with him, but I hope Sebi gets a chance somewhere because unfortunately I don't think it's going to be with the White Sox organization as he just now did not get down a bunt with two strikes. With two strikes. And so he's out. That's an interesting move. I don't like that move with him up at the plate, but. I I think like a lot of people say it like it takes longer for catchers to mature than than any other position. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing so much, but the hard parts. Well, I don't know if it's the hard parts, but like some of the intangibles that most teams like would want in their backup catcher, Sebi's got. No, oh, most definitely, absolutely, like has them. But you just, dude, you need some production. Offensively. You, you just yeah. need it, you know. Um, and hypothetically, if you're home, if, well, yeah, no, not even. Like, if you're a team in the National League, you can't even take this on because you already are losing an at-bat in, in the pitcher. So, like, let's yeah. say we're in the World Series. Or, you know, one, one every six there. days he might be that guy still, even on a National League team like Pittsburgh. Um, then, you know, a team that may be struggling, a team that's still maybe rebuilding. Um, yeah, but I want him in a place that he's going to flourish, you know, like, and it's not to say that he can't there either. He needs opportunities. And I just, especially with the money that the White Sox have in Zach Collins, they're not going to turn their back on Zach Collins anytime soon. It's not going to happen. I mean, he's the 10th overall draft pick from his year. Yeah. Um, which once again, we talked about this last episode, what a waste 
of a 10th overall draft pick. Um, you could have gotten somebody like Zach Collins-esque with Sebi Zavala, you know, in a lower round. Um, on a more positive note, Tom, we got the Cubs series coming up. We're on the northwest side. Here we go. And I, I know I never say, you know, that the Cubs are real rivals. But for the next three days, goddamn they are because we need some more wins. We really do need to get hot. We need to catch fire. We just need to. And What better time to do it during a sold-out crowd at Wrigley Field mm-hmm. during the weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jose Abreu likes playing there. He <laughs> annihilated the Yes, he does. Year. He annihilates the ball there, especially last year. Um, I think a lot of guys like playing there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's also kind of just it's fun for them because they only get to do it like once every year, and they it's just like it's it's an electric feeling in the ballpark ballpark and yes like they're not really rivals but a lot of the city gets excited about the game and like oh yeah that's fair as hell like it's it's fun to like play for bragging rights and stuff and if that's all the spark that they need to get going hell I'll take it most definitely. I will probably not make it out to any of the games here at Wrigley. Tickets on StubHub are actually fairly cheap for tomorrow, considering. Um, The next two days after that, rough. Um, But I will be at at least one game at at G-Rate for uh, the upcoming series against them later in the month. So that'll be fun. Let's go. Um, but yeah, we need we need three. Honestly, we need two out of three from the Cubs, especially like with the way this Kansas City series is shaping up right now. We're down to one right now. Game's not over. Bullpen's great. Um, offense, I swear, this team offense seventh, eighth, what ninth innings. What is happening in this and with to our offense in general? Like, I like get I it. said, we I said mean, said that Luis is coming back. I get it. We said that Yaz is coming back. But, bro, like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because we scored one run last night, and it really is sitting sour in my mouth. There, there was a couple bad bounces that, like, uh, there was a lot of piss missiles that were lined into guys that were standing still in the outfield yesterday. That's something that didn't. That's not necessarily going to make the high uh, the headlines. But you know, it's just annoying when you only get one run, man. Like, right. it doesn't look good. I mean, the plate approach overall just doesn't look good. Yeah. Um, and that's the big thing with like my guy Moncada. I mean, he's up there and he's whiffing on a lot of stuff and he's whiffing at a lot of stuff outside of the zone. And I think that's a big thing with a lot of these guys. They're either pressing or they're just not seeing the ball right. And it's going to take in a complete, it's something that's mental. If you ask me, I think it's It's something that is beyond skill set. I think right now this team is talented enough to easily take two out of three out of Kansas city. It shouldn't be a struggle. Even on the road, yeah. you yeah. shouldn't have three out of four taken from you on the road against Kansas City. Don't talk about that series against Steve. I Team don't is hear about too the three out of damn talented for that. Yeah. Even with two of your big guys out. Well, we've been looking in the future a little bit here. Where we're talking about Cubs series, we're talking about Luis and Yaz coming back. How about let's mm-hmm. look even further into the future? Yes, even Ooh. though my focus is definitely segways. on this season. Big segways. Time. We can talk yes. about it. Segways. All right. So we have the 2022 schedule coming out, or came it has out. Has come out. It's official. And guess what? We're playing the Giants on the road. So it'll be a really fun. Uh, 
um, you know, World Series uh, rehashing the year after it happened. Oh, <laughs> bold predictions here from Hot Take Tom. He's taking the Sox and the Giants yeah, for the World no, no, Series no, no, this no, no, year. No, no, no. That's too bold. That's too bold. Also, I don't know if my house would withstand such. I um, would pray for you <laughs> on the hour. On the hour. Yeah. I'm but... not much of a praying man, and I would be praying for you on the hour throughout that entire series. It would be too much, man. Um, but since I've got family out in the Bay Area, I mean, I, who are you going to root for? That's the real question, Tom. We okay, all know how much okay, you love the Giants. Okay, shut up. See, <laughs> I'm going to root for the hometown team. Let's go, Sox. So, der, der, der. Um, now, we have family out in the Bay Area, so obviously I'm going to yep. be trying to get out to that 4th of July. And I got 4th of July off now. I don't work in an industry exactly. where I have to be on deck for the 4th of July, which is lovely. I highly recommend. Screw you, Mark Melnati. <laughs> I highly recommend. Am I allowed to curse out Mark Melnati now in this that? podcast that you no longer work for them? I mean, I I don't know. I, it, he, you don't even know him. Like, I got a bone to pick, Mark <laughs> Melnati. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But anyway, I do highly recommend to anybody out there to get a job where you can have the 4th of July weekend off because it's very nice. I, I do enjoy it. Um, and... I fully expect myself to be out at that series next year. Yes. Um, I fully expect you to be out there too. There's, I don't think I have an excuse. To not Socks be machine. Actually, I think it was particularly Josh Nelson who I've, I've ragged on, but he's a good guy. Um, Josh Nelson ran a poll um, asking people what tailgate they'd be willing to go out to because of the schedule and the way things have lined up. And he put, Cleveland, Minnesota, Detroit, and then San Diego mm. as a tailgate spot. Mm. Um, I don't know. First off, I would definitely prefer San Fran because it's 4th of July weekend, yeah. and I'm a teacher, and I don't have to work during that time, yeah. and I will definitely be out there. I've thought about bringing my own car. Only downside about tailgating in San Francisco, they have like two lots that have limited tailgating. And they're... Expensive. And they are fifty dollars a yeah. car. Yeah. So uh-huh. I mean, if people want to go in on it with me, let me know. We'll make it happen. We'll get drunk in the parking lot and make our way into the park, dude. And don't forget, if you're staying in Oakland, like we would be with with her family being from Oakland, we'd have to cross the Bay Bridge, and that's another like seven bucks right there. If you're not from in town and without the fast track, there you go, dude. It's, uh, it's I mean, it's an expensive, expensive place to be. But, expensive. I mean, so is San Diego, too. Yeah. And they have limited tailgating as well. Um, I hope if the Sox Machine and 108 guys do a tailgate, you know, maybe they, they do something for an AL Central series. Like I said, though, people get in touch with me. I'm thinking about driving out there. I just <laughs> talked to Tommy about this. You're insane for this one. Um, but, you know, maybe, you know, the girlfriend's got work stuff going into that weekend she would fly out we would drive back uh with a rental car and do kind of a little vacation but um let's socks twitter hit me up let's do something fun that weekend let's figure this one out um but a sneaky one so we've mentioned the two big ones yeah the two big san fran san diego those are exciting ones people are hype about it low key there's a little gem in there, too. The Colorado series at the end of July. Which is still perfect for my summer schedule. Yeah, because you can you can get out there, but it's middle of the week. So it's like Tuesday, Wednesday game yeah, or something like that. Yeah, for all like the people that. who work 12 months out of the year. 
Apologies. Like yours truly, after I've been bragging about that my might be schedule, a bru- that right? might be a Bruhan Luke and Steve-O trip. Ooh, that's I mean any I of my other teachers too. Alexis Atwater, um, you're more than welcome as well. Let's have a good time. I mean, I'm unprotected socks. How about that? I would love to see unprotected socks out in Colorado. <laughs> That'd be wild. Oh yes, um, I would. Bring I, on all the edibles, please. Exactly, exactly what I was thinking. Um, I was, um, I was just thinking about this offense in that in that stadium. I think it would be electric. I think it'd be really fun to to, to be there. And I, I have visited that stadium before. I was young. But okay. I visited Coors, and it was it's pretty. I've heard it's a really great ballpark. Yeah. I've only walked around it. Mm. I've never been inside. Yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in Denver a few years ago during the winter. Um, actually caught a game at the Pepsi Center too, which was kind of cool. I caught a oh, Hawks, LOL. a yeah. Hawks Avs game there, which the Hawks won in OT, which was really cool. Um, but I would love to get to a game out in course. I think that will be actually on the radar. That's on the list, right? For a trip, that's for sure. Like, that's Most in definitely. the works, hypothetically. Yeah, and Kayla and I have a, she has a close friend that lives out in that area too, so that might be that might be a good reason to go out there. Yeah, and obviously they've got a lot of other stuff on the schedule that's exciting, but those are the ones that are like the little gems where they're interleague. For sure. see these stadiums all the time, so you right. better get out there. And one other one too, they have a weekend series against Texas. Um, I think that's in... Oh, they have a weekend series in Houston as well. They have a weekend series in uh, against the Rangers, I think, later in, or sometime in July too, maybe August. And then they have Houston, I think, the week after I get out of school. And I think that's going to be the first real trip for me because I have yet to be out to – is it still Minute Maid Park? What it's is Minute it? Maid, is it Minute yeah. Maid Park yeah. still? It's Minute Maid. I, I, I'll bring my trash can. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll bring yeah, a trash can, baby. Uh, yeah, Let's make yeah. it happen. You're, you're about to get murdered out there down in Houston. Let's make it happen. I know everybody's toting guns out there, too, so I should probably be careful. Yeah, you should. Um, but <laughs> do, you, do you have any final thoughts, sir? Well, I, my, fi- my first final thought is that we're going to get this podcast done in 45 minutes, which I'm very impressed oh, by. Oh, dude, with us. that never happens. Should um, we talk about more stuff? No, this is good. I think we're <laughs> in a good spot. Like I said, it, it, I think this game right now that's going on here, and it's a shame that Dallas Keuchel got tagged for two in the first. Yeah. But if he can get out of this, like, I can't blame him. Like, he has, his stuff hasn't looked phenomenal, but has his stuff looked phenomenal at all the entire year? Um, He's just scrappy. He gets it done, especially against these not-so-great teams. Um. You forget those two runs were probably unearned too because that was they counted it as a hit. They did not. They actually did. Oh my god! Not as an error on angle. Um, So I got to say this: um, just this offense has got to wake up. Like it's wake up time for the offense. The school year is starting for me. Like you know, it's over the last (laughs) week. Like I have to report on Monday. Uh, officially, and I've been kind of responding to emails and whatever, and kind of being on and off, and not really take you know, kind of taking care of some stuff that needs to be taken care of, but not really. That's how I feel like this offense is right now. This offense <laughs> right now is in this mode of like kind of responding to some emails, kind of being present, whatever. We'll show up one game or two, whatever. Like I had a meeting with my principal on Monday. So I had to be there. Summer school was going on too, so I said hi to the kids, and I was in the building for over an hour. You know, I was there, um, but not fully present, right? I have not been fully present this summer, rightfully so. 
Right now, that's I mean, the White Sox have a huge division lead. They feel like they don't have to be fully present, I think. And it's wake up time. Yeah. It's wake up it time. It's 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 nine to five grind. It's eight to four grind for the White Sox coming up soon, especially with these tough games. They're in yep. the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got some big series against some tough opponents that are coming up. Yanks, A's, that's that's soon. That's Absolutely. Soon. So and the Cubs, I, I know that they sold, but Let's not sleep on it. It's still a crosstown series. And you got Hendricks going and Alzali going. Those are two of their better guys. Absolutely. I mean, we don't get to stomp on Arietta because he's really been bad recently. That would be a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, they, they've got two of their better guys, better arms going against us. So those are my final Oof. thoughts. Yeah, my final Tom? thoughts are how do I take up another 15 minutes of your time, dear listener? I'm going to um, – you know what? I know I said that I wasn't going to try it and do play-by-play for the first time, but I think this is a good time to try it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, I'm about to turn Tommy's mic off, everybody. I'm about to go crazy and start unplugging stuff. <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah, but that's that. I'm just happy here. You know, I know we're we're literally coming off of a real tough loss. We're still losing to the to the. Yeah, Kansas City Royals of all people. But I feel good in this spot on top of the division by nine and a half goddamn games because it's just it just feels nice. It just feels nice. Never forget, baseball's every night almost, and we're still in first place, people. We are. We're still in first place, but once again, what have I been saying, Tom, over and over the last few weeks? You got to what? Do what? Get a bullpen arm. And build... <laughs> <laughs> Build for what, Tom? Build for the postseason. Build for October, baby. Damn right. Build for October. So, Tom? In Han, we trust. Offense, shake off the dust. Ah. Have a good one, everybody. Let's go.